Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show with your hosts, Ed and Sean. If you haven't heard out who we are by now, you must have clicked the wrong button because it's Geeksters. And welcome to episode 358 of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. And I am your host, Sean. How are you, Ed? All right, how are you, Sean? Not too bad. What's shaking? How was your week? Uh, Not too... I mean, I'm really uneventful. I was just buying movies, trying to find... uh, I saw uh, this week, uh, if if you're a Dollar Tree person, you know, one of those, (laughs) you know, bargain... Cheapy bargain bin. People, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night is for a buck. Oh, I bought that <laughs> movie shit. I think it was full price. Yes. With uh, Brandon Ruth. Yes. I think we saw it. I, I yeah. couldn't remember if we saw it or not because I think yeah, I, think I'm I pretty, bought it. I think yeah, I think I think Sean owns it. And we we yeah. watch it. And I and I and they a lot of lot of YouTubers I watch online, they were they were talking about this and it was for a dollar for Blu-ray and I was like, oh, for a buck, I'll, I'll buy it, you know, because mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. I think I was looking for it at one point and it like went way up and it was like out of print or something like that. And I think I might have gotten rid of it though. <laughs> Shit, I'm gonna have to think about it. I have to look for it. Dollar General, Dollar Tree. Um, yeah, so actually, I've been to four Dollar Trees and they don't have it. So it's like because it was like a couple of days, and I'm I'm always afraid to run out because I'm like I gotta go out to buy buy more videos, buy more buy more movies. My mom, my wife's like always like yeah, like so. She's not 100% thrilled, but, you know, she doesn't mind it because, you know. It's only a dollar. <laughs> it's an addiction. <laughs> could be worse. I could be doing coke <laughs> off of hooker's bottoms. <laughs> oh, give me, I'm getting my dollar movies. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've been been trying to track that down, and uh, I can't right. think of anything else exciting. I'm trying to think, you know, I'm still watching the Arrow, not Arrow, Arrow's gone now. It's now Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, and sometimes oh. I'm like in... I don't know. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah, like, like, why am I still watching this? Is this, you know, it's, it's <laughs> like after Crisis, you're kind of going. I think you, I think you guys hit your high note. That was it. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people weren't happy with it. Yeah. So <laughs> wasn't that high of a note? Um, oh wow, interesting. How about you? Um, let's see. Well, we never talked about my review of of Sonic last week because we got tied up into your um, yes your, and I think we saw a movie last Thursday as well. That, we did? Yeah. What movie? I think it was Dark Phoenix. You're right. Yeah, we I didn't think. talk about that yet. I don't, I don't think we talked about that either. Yeah. Um, here, okay, here, Dark Phoenix. Man, what a way to go <laughs> out there, Fox. Good job. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog was really good. <laughs> <laughs> we'll swing back to Dark Phoenix in a moment, but go ahead with Sonic. Um, Sonic was fun. It was, um, it was family friendly. It was nice to see Jim Carrey funny again. Um, like legitimately funny, not like talking out my butt funny, but you know, funny enough, like liar liar funny. I would yeah. say. Um, it was the desi- redesign looked great. I mean, I didn't, you know, I, I, it was a really good movie. I'm not okay. gonna lie, Ed. I, I would say that if you haven't seen it, or if you're one of those people that bitched and said, well, you know, like it doesn't hashtag not my Sonic, and if you haven't seen it. You're missing out. Go see it because I feel like you know you guys bitched about it about the look, and they went back and they changed it for you specifically. I think you owe it to them to give them your twelve dollars or ten dollars or five dollars, depending on when you see it. Right. right, and it's totally worth it. I mean, even <clears throat> it's funny. I was thinking about how like, well, if they didn't change it, 
would the jokes still land? I mean, obviously, I think they would have. I mean, it still would have been funny. But I think that watching that, that hot hedgehog, that version of the hedgehog, I don't think would have been appealing to anybody. You know, it's it's funny how big eyes and the right teeth kind of make it make a difference. It, makes, make an it impact. makes a difference. It was it was surprising because I'm I saw like an article and there was a little side by side of what it used to look like to what it looks like now, and I was like, wow, that is so much better. Like I don't know if anybody would have seen that that movie with that character design. Well, the first one, yeah, the first yeah. one, I, and a lot of people were like, oh well, that's just Hollywood. You know, like they did that on purpose. They put that trailer out with that look. And I'd be like, you know what? If if that's the case, then why postpone the movie a few months? If it was and if, spend more money on it, right? <laughs> like I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, oh well, they already had it. If some people feel like they already had that second look mm. in the can, and they threw out this fake trailer to mislead everybody to bump up the numbers in order to get people to show up for this movie because they thought it was going to bomb. And I'm like, that makes zero sense because it's you're like, hey, you know what? We want our movie to fail purposely, so let's throw this one out. You know, let's throw this one out and then become a hero. I, I would agree if the movie came out on its scheduled date, um, but for them pushing it back, you know, like f- six months. You know, yeah, I think yeah, know, it was. I think I think I, I think it paid off. I think it was I think it was like number two in the box office for like two weeks in a row, maybe even longer. Um, so good for that. Well, eventually we'll find out, right? Um, that Dark Phoenix Ed, oof. <laughs> I don't know. I just like. I gotta be honest. I'm watching it, and I'm just going. Look, I'm just watching it just to kind of give you guys the respect that I've seen all the other ones. Yeah. You know, I ain't. I, I like. I'm not gonna be like. Oh, I'm not gonna. Watch. I had to see how they're gonna do it. Mm. You know, see what they. I know the whole third act was changed. It was supposed to be up in space. Now it's on a train. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, why not? And I'm watching it, and like, while I was semi-entertained, I, I felt like Jennifer Lawrence, who, spoilers, didn't make it through the movie. <gasps> no. Uh, I felt like she was there just to collect a check. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, is this, look, look, I'll be in it, but you got to kill me off. Well, we weren't going to. Yeah, well, you got to kill me. You want me in this movie? You got to kill me off. Right. And then to have her go out the way she did was like, a, oh, shocking, but... In the end, you're just like, yeah, I don't think I missed her. Like, <laughs> you know, like the rest of the movie didn't feel like the loss of the imp- the impact of the loss of, you know, mystique mm-hmm. in the movie. It just didn't, it should have had more weight, more gravitas, if yeah. you could say. I mean, yeah. yeah, okay, it helped with Beast's um, motivation and it motivated him to, that motivation brought in Mysterio, not Mysterio, <laughs> uh, Magneto. But outside of that, I just, eh, it was, eh, okay. didn't, didn't wow me, you know, like, eh. I, I don't blame anybody, like, I don't, that's, again, you want to point fingers, like, I think um, Sasha, who plays, you know, Jean Grey, I thought she looked good, she glad she was great, I mean, I've always liked her since, you know, since Game of Thrones, she's, you know, natural redhead, she's pretty, you know, it's like, perfect, you know, yeah, um, it just didn't really I don't know if it's because I knew it was the last one that they were doing you know before Disney was like yeah we're gonna Disneyfy everything <laughs> you know I don't know it just didn't really have the oomph that I was right. looking for like you're gonna have a movie like Apocalypse and then you're gonna follow it up with Dark Phoenix but shouldn't you have some of the people outside like 
Where was why wasn't Psylocke on it? Why wasn't Angel in it? Yeah. Why, like your four horsemen didn't they survive at the end of this that the last movie? Yeah. You know, like where 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 were they? Why why weren't they part of the team now? Like, what's going on, fellas? Like, <laughs> was someone busy that day? Like, I just don't. I don't know. I just didn't get it. I was like, whatever. You know, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> now that's the thing. Like, I've seen it in the theater, uh-huh. and I, of course, I saw it the second time with you. So I actually enjoyed it both times. I mean, which is I know hard. You know, no, it's, it's, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm an action fan, so I like some of the story. And like, and I get it. You know, it wasn't true to the comics at all. Not, not, at, all. not, you know, not at all. But there was so much. There's so much of the X Men universe that's not true to which sure. that you go. You know what? I'm I'm not even going to follow that way. Yeah. But I I liked how it was going and proceeded with everything. So, you know, um, like going back to Apocalypse, I'm like I. I I liked it, but I didn't think it was as good as it should have been because the plot was kind of basic. So you kind of got right. there's this all this build. You're basic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, have to watch that one again. I probably could you know, scrounge it up on on demand or something. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that one as well. And but I mean, like I thought this one was a lot better, you know. And there was some things, you know. But it, it really, I don't know. It just it resonated a lot of X Men kind of comics well, in, in a way I mean because it's like not every issue is like a hit uh, right, issue you know like right. like you go there, there there's there's a reason why they were struggling in the 90s I mean the, yeah. you, know, you, you, you go there there were some reasons I mean X-Men when Jim Lee took over and started drawing right. them and all and made it made a huge comeback right. in the 90s and, when it became all about the art and not about the story sorry right. right you know and then you go did anybody should read these things right. you know like so you, you know that's that's how you have to you know kind of plan it out but I thought it was a good story and I enjoyed it but you know, like I said, I'm one of the few that enjoyed that well, movie. So. I, I, you bring up a really an interesting kind of um, question of you enjoyed it because you, at the core, are an X Men fan. Yeah, I'm not, so I thought it was a meh movie. Right. But there's been a couple like um, Star Wars or Spider Man, a meh Spider Man movie. I still enjoy because I'm a Spider Man fan. It's like I, I get to see Spider Man live yeah. in action. So maybe that there's something to be said about like if you're if you're a fan of that particular comic i think you're just legitimately happy to see them on screen in some form whether like you know and let's not let's not test that theory and go what's the worst you know like that first captain america movie (laughs) (laughs) probably is really really bad um but now the ones with Chris, not the ones with Chris Evans, the one way back in the eighties. Oh, with, oh, with Red oh, oh, Brown. With, yeah, with him in the motorcycle. Oh, yeah, like that's not the greatest. But I'm sure if you're a Cap fan, maybe you're like, I don't care. It's Captain America for the first time. I'm into it. Yeah. All right, like. Eh. <laughs> I saw it's an interesting question. What do you think, people? Log in at you know <laughs> Facebook on Geeksters Radio. Let us know your opinion. Let us know what you think. Um. I I caught up on on some TV. I'm watching, trying to catch up on Supernatural, um, on the last season that they have on Netflix, which is season 14. Then I can roll over. I'm DVR in 15. Um, but I've also been fire sticking it, Ed. Oh, yeah. So I've been kind of. I, I watched um, some of the DC Harley Quinn cartoon. Okay. Um, once you get past the foul language, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. It, it's actually got some good jokes in it. Like okay. it's it's entertaining at least. Um. Every once in a while, they'll drop a uh, you know a fuck or a shit or a motherfucker or you know, and it's like wow, okay, I never really would have thought that you know like that watching those characters curse. Batman hasn't cursed, but you know, watching 
Harley Quinn and Joker and all the other bad guys use foul language, it's kind of a little like Jim Gordon being almost like a borderline like psychopath, just kind of right. crazy. I'm like, wow, this is an interesting take. I mean, there's some, like I said, there's some funny bits in it. Um, but for the most part, I find it entertaining. I'm not hating it. Um, I also watched um, Mystic Quest. Um, it's an Apple original, Ed. Yes. Uh, uh, is this, oh, this is the one from the guys from the uh, it's, it's, Sunny in Philadelphia. It's always Sunny, sunny in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, it basically it's um, it's it's also we're in works with Ubisoft too. They helped produce like when you have the cutscenes. Yeah. He has this. Um, it's like a massive multiplayer, an MMO. Um, which is called Mystic Quest, and it's some of the cutscenes that they use are right out of For Honor or from uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah. You know, which I always thought was kind of like, like oh, okay, Ubisoft getting your own little things in there. See, yeah. it's a uh, Mystic Quest uh, Raven's Banquet, which I was surprised to see the um, the, the the cast like uh, F. Murray Abraham's in it. Wow, yeah, you know, like yeah, that's right, the guy who kills uh, Amadeus. Amadeus is in it. But I was also like the second on the card, like you know, top series cast is Rob McElhenney. I know he plays Ian. Uh, uh, but then the next one's Ashley Birch, who plays Rachel. And I'm like, holy crap! It's the girl who works for who because I work for GameStop. Well, works for GameStop. Um, there is a my conference. Her and her brother were the kind of like the the hosts of the weekend. Oh, okay. So I got her autograph and my photo with her, and I was like, "Holy mackerel!" I didn't know she was in that. Um, there's also um, they have Danny Pudi. He's from uh, or Pudi from yeah. Community. F. Murray Abraham. Uh, it, it's actually and it's the who's a who the who's a what uh, <laughs> from I've seen him from somewhere, but I don't remember what cast. <laughs> right, um, and it's it's very funny, like. Um, it's, I'll be honest, it's really good. Um, so I'm like, it looks good. It does. It's, you know, I don't think I want to invest five dollars a month on Apple for. Um, you could do it on one sitting because they released all the episodes in one day, and it was nine episodes. Yeah. So and they're like half hour episodes. So like on a on a lazy Sunday, you can watch them all. Yeah, <laughs> for five bucks. For five bucks, and then all cancel right. it. You know? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I don't need you. Um, <clears throat> it was good. It's it's really good, and didn't leave off at a cliffhanger, but it left off like I'm like, all right. When season t- two comes out, I'd be interested. I'll you know put my five bucks down for, for, for a good free <laughs> week two. trial. You know, um, see, I also dabbled in some um, movies this week, and the uh. reason why I say dabbled is I sometimes, since I watch it on a Fire Stick, sometimes I get really annoyed with the lag. Like uh, it'll like there, there's a buffer issue sometimes, yeah. which kind of annoys me. In this day and age, do I really need a buffer issue? Like, do I really? Like you know. Do I need to see that little circle go around? Like, oh my God, it's the height of the thing. Like, I was one of the Mystic Quest episodes. There's this big virtual fight. And I'm like, oh my God, how's this going to end? And it'd be like, hey, here's 30 seconds. Freeze. Loop. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, it just it frustrated the, the shit out of me. Um, so I kind of watched... Um, let's see if I go down the list. I watched... Well, I watched on Hulu, American Ultra... That's okay. the one with Jesse Eisenberg yeah. and Kristen Stewart, where he plays a um, a, a clerk that's a, like an actually assassin or something. Yeah, like that. he yeah. had like a sleeper agent. Yeah, I, it wasn't bad, it wasn't horrible. I was it was enjoyable for watching it on Hulu. You know, yeah. the, there was no commercials. It was like, all right, I'm gonna watch this movie because I I I was always interested in seeing it in the theaters. Mm. And I was like, all right, solid movie. I move on. 
Um, I started watching, a, I tried watching a little bit of the um, Terminator movie, Dark whatever dark whatever dark fate dark fate yeah. yeah i got like 10 minutes in and then it started, i started having buffering issues and i was like fuck that i'm out right um, what was that on fire stick which which app um, do you remember it was probably the cinema tv app oh, okay. i probably gotta find one. i probably should really like i don't know what other apps are that are out there i was just curious if, maybe if i have it i could watch <laughs> it i'm i'm curious because you know i'm 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 curious to see this because a lot of people have said it's terrible <laughs> Well, I wanna, I wanna look, play. I'm going to be honest. Uh, the first 10 minutes had me like, what? Because they did a really good job of de-aging Linda Hamilton, but they also had Edward Furlong, like yeah. a digital version of Edward Furlong, I'm assuming, in the movie too, because, spoiler, they kill him off. You know, like they kill the kid. Yeah. You know, within the first 10 minutes of the movie, like they're in like Buenos Aires or some, you know, like... She's raising her kid out in the out in the middle of you know nowhere, right? And uh, there's a, a guy who looks like a very young Arnold Schwarzenegger, but doesn't really doesn't really look like him, but kind of looks like him. Like yeah. he could pass off as like the guy who poses as young Arnold in Vegas, like you know, like I you know put the sunglasses on, put a tight t shirt on. He's, he's the guy that does the universal thing on the motorcycle yes. that comes out alive <laughs> exactly. and that live show. It's all like 3D, and then eventually he comes out on a motorcycle like, for one scene. And just, yeah. He just flies by, and you go, "Oh my god, was that him?" Yeah, wow, it looks so much like him, and it looked like him. But of course, they did like a slow mo walk, and I'm just going, "All right, it's digital makeup. I don't know if that's actually Arnold. It looks like a guy who kind of could pass as Arnold, and they." threw the gargoyle glasses on him yeah. and, you know, has a jacket and drops a jacket, very a la Terminator, Terminator 2 with the Guns and Roses. And, yeah. And then shoots Eddie Furlong right square in the chest with it. And I'm like, oh, I thought that was going to wait a little bit. You know, and then they then they fade to black and it's like 22 years later. I'm like, oof, all right. <laughs> like, they wasted uh, some time there. Um, that's about as far as I got because <laughs> I, I had buffer issues. Um Let's see. What else did I start watching? I'll go back and I'll try again at another point. I watched the first five, maybe ten minutes of Charlie's Angels, the new one, because I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Cause I, guess I guess you were looking for Christine Stewart. a Kristen Stewart double feature, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, because I was kind of curious and going, okay, well, how bad is it? I'm a Charlie's Angels fan back in the TV show. Yeah. I thought the, the first two movies were great. Yeah. Um, You know, all right. Is it really that bad? Like, I got to find out for myself, you know? And the, the first 10 minutes, I was like, it was also kind of late, so I start nodding. Like, whenever there's buffer issues, I kind of, like, close my eyes, and next thing you know, I'm like, what? What's going on? What happened? Yeah. You know, so um, I, that happened today because today was my day off, and I was able to have, like, a lazy Sunday. Like, you never have, like, a lazy day where you just lay around the house you know, Stacy went and did her like some errands that I she didn't need me for, mm. so I was able to kind of like you know veg in front of the TV. So I finished you know Mystic, uh, you know Mystic Quest, and she got home and I started watching uh, jo- uh, Jojo Jojo Rabbit. You know, yeah, and yeah. I was like, it was it was funny. I was I stopped it because I had to have dinner and before I came over here. Right. Um. So it, I'll probably finish it when I get home. Maybe like I, I wasn't because <laughs> it was one of those movies like where you're watching like again watching the movie. And you know you're sitting in a chair and you're relaxing. You're next thing you know you're like, <sighs> you're like yeah, I know exactly. She's taking a nap already because she was just taking a nap. All right. And 
I'm sitting in the chair, you know, my feet up, and I'm like watching. I'm like, my eyes are just getting heavy, and I'm like, just no one's watching. Just take a nap. You know, like, <laughs> like, just sit in your chair and nod off. And, and I did a couple times. Like, I wake up and be like, what? Oh, go, Scarlett Johansson's on the screen. Oh, okay. Oh, Taka Watiti is on, and he's he's hysterical as Hitler. Like it's yeah. you know it was very cute. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and maybe like start over again, or I might just buy it and have it as my collection because it looked it looked pretty good. Okay. Um, we did see another Thursday movie. We did. Yeah, if you forgot about I guess or maybe which one was it? Eh? It was a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Oh, that's right. It's a Fred Rogers movie. I don't want to call it a biop because it wasn't. It wasn't a biopic. It was a uh, well. It was it was based on a true story that he was on the cover of Esquire magazine, and the guy who wrote the piece apparently was kind of a prick, and and the only he's like the only, but he. Fred Rogers was the only one who worked with him for this yeah. interview. It was, uh, um, and through the power of friendship and the power of Fred Rogers, this guy learns to forgive his his father for the childhood that he had. Yeah, you know. And you're like, all right. Um, what was amazing was Tom Hanks as Fred Rogers. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was surprising. Well, not surprising because you kind of knew. You know, man, it's a two-time Oscar winner. That's right. You know, but I mean, you know, it was you. You, you figure he's at this point, he's done. I think that every movie now since I don't know when it's been, it's been somebody has, else's like yeah, story. I don't think he has played a fictional character yeah, in a long it's time. Always been a non-fictional character he's been playing lately. That's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> the most memorable ones, I should say that. If there's anything else, <laughs> I don't remember it. That's why you know. But um, I highly enjoyed it. I, you know, it wasn't what I expected because I was really kind of, I was really kind of hoping this life story. I mean, I don't know how exciting it would have been. Maybe that's why I didn't do it that way. But uh, this was a really good character piece and showing who Mr. Rogers really was, you know, or what you think he is. Because, like, you know, like you see those people on television and you go, are they really like that in real life? Or is they, you know, just that kind of uh you know, just an actor playing a part. Well, uh, do you count Woody? No. Okay. No, I don't really. Like, I'm talking like the live action stuff. Okay. Like the animated, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I forgot about Toy Story. So as you go, I, I forgot about Toy Story 4. That's. Right. He was just in that one. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm looking at his last couple movies. He had, uh, he was played Fred Rogers, Woody. He played Bailey in The Circle, which is a movie I wanted to see, but that's a fictional character. Yeah, okay. okay? That's right, The Circle. That's right. right. Um, With Watson. But then I don't count the David S. Pumpkins Halloween special. I don't I don't count that. That's yeah. a Saturday Night Live character. The Post, where he played Ben Bradley, real, real person. Yeah. Um, a Hologram for the King. I don't know what that one is. He plays Alan, so I guess... Um, that could have been a <laughs> true story. All right, know. so Inferno. He went back to Robert Langdon, but... I don't know, and I don't think I ever really even saw that one. Yeah, I didn't even know that was out. Yeah, um, he was in a TV episode of Maya and Marty, but that doesn't count. Sully, Bridges of Bridge of Spies, he, that's a real person. Yeah, um, he was in a music video. Uh, Ithaca, um, <laughs> Captain Phillips, Saving Mr. Banks. He played Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah. Real, so, real person, real person. Yeah, I'm like, dude. Now it's just you know, it's what he produced and what he didn't produce and. Unbelievable. So uh, the most memorable stuff to him being somebody else, a yeah. live person. Yeah, or or you know, you want to go back to you know, for me, it was, it's Bachelor Party or Splash or yeah, you know, um, Bosom Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, the 80s, where you can make a TV show about guys dressing in drag, <laughs> and it'd be funny. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I got a little teary eyed a couple times. You know? It was it was amazing. I mean, I I actually started like tearing up just a little bit up until those fun scenes. <laughs> I couldn't okay. stop laughing. Okay. Here, okay, I got Here's a little thing. If you haven't seen the movie, first of all, I recommend it. Ed recommends it. It's a really good movie. Yes, I was most impressed with the the cinematography of it. Yes, because it starts off like a, a, a Mr. Rogers neighborhood show episode. Yes, and it starts off like an episode, and then it kind of. You know, it's it's like you're watching an episode of Fred telling the story about this guy. It's it's kind of like you're dreaming watching Mister Rogers, and then you're in the episode. Right. That's how you end up the, right. like you know, get sucked um, into it. And what they did was what I thought was genius is that whenever you watch the Mister Rogers Neighborhood, there's always that little town that he's you know they, the, the the models right. You know? Well, they did that the transitions the trans- between from yes. one scene to another. They use the transitions the exact same way. Like, oh, look, here's a plane landing down, but it's a toy plane landing in a a, a mock up of New York City. Yeah. Um, so there's a moment in the, the, the Ed Ed every once in a while was kind of looking at his phone, and there was a moment in the movie where I knew I looked over and he was looking at his phone. It's one of those transitional scenes, and I had Ed laugh. And Ed was laughing for a good thirty seconds, like hard. Because there's a moment where a character passes away, <laughs> and they use the transition in the same way they've been using the entire time, but they have it as a little hearse going to the, <laughs> the, the cemetery, which... <laughs> you have to see it. You really have to see it, because it's like an old hearse. Like I'm like, how did they find that matchbox? Like how, They had to uh, make yeah. that car, because it was, it was phenomenal. It was like an old... 70 style hearse yeah because i mean they they think like like a lot of it was like because they had to they like it's amazing like i saw documentaries afterwards because they they have you know i I have the i bought the the blu-ray and all and after the credits rolled we were packing up and all and it started showing deleted scenes and comp bloopers and stuff like that and documentaries so i end up like pausing it and Uh, you left and i continued on i'm like i'm gonna watch this because yeah sure why not why not right and I, I think they should have put some of the deleted scenes in because it would have made the movie even better. Wow. There was because it showed the the dynamic because it's basically like the the guy's the guy's guy the guy who wrote the article's name last name is Vogel. I don't know his first that's name. The, but, that's not honestly that's not his real name either. But that's the that's what yeah. they were using in in the movie for 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 whatever reason. Sure. Uh-huh. And, I'm, uh... I'm gonna get you probably because they didn't want to pay him. <laughs> well, I mean, if the it's, guy from, I, from I don't know from like, Esquire, actor. So, actor. so he he's having a uh, uh, a bout with his father, and you find out like going through the movie what happened, like right, what, what based was, on a true story of a life friendship between Fred Rogers and journalist Lloyd Vogel, who really it's it's not his real name is. Um, da, 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 da. I don't think you could really find like um, who who it was. I'm sure if you if you had the Esquire article, if you brought that up, it would say by whoever. And it, yeah, but I think that the person's name is pretty um, tough to say. Is um, that, oh, okay, so you must, must have a, Right, uh, they probably did it just to kind of make it easier on everybody, but I'm going to um, keep going. From okay, here. anyway, so, so you, as, you, as the dynamic goes on, you, you kind of find out there's transition. Now, towards the, in the middle of the movie, you find out the father's <coughs> dying. 
you know, and it's and it's sad. It really does. It really pulls on heartstrings. But it shows when you're watching the deleted scenes that they should have put in was they show the father actually cared about the son. He just cared him at a distance. Gotcha. Because he was oh, okay. Like he because the guy was writer, so he everything he wrote he would have, and he made a scrapbook of everything he wrote. And as uh, okay. as as they were. He comes to visit his father in, in his home, and his father's like set up in a bed in, a, in his living room, basically. You know, like, right, you know, it's time to go, and they right. want to die in their home, that kind of thing. So, as, 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 as you realize that they didn't put that in there, and you go, and there was some other, there was another scene too that was like really poignant that made it more sensical to have it in there. And I'm like, I'm like, why, why did they take these out? I think that would have made this. Very more dramatic and very more appealing probably for time. Yeah, I mean, it probably was, but I mean, like you go, he should have left it in. You know, it was like I think the movie was almost two hours as, as itself. Um, the actual the actual person who wrote the article is Tom Junod, J U N O D. So that's why I'm like he's gave his spouse named Janet their kid. Um, who in the movie his name was Garrett. Yeah. Um, it's actually Antonia. So I mean, they they really changed a lot to. To I guess protect the people I don't know or maybe it's a legal thing yeah um, I guess maybe because they're they have they're pump- punching the story up for good dramatic effect so maybe that's the reason why they had to change some of the names yeah. so that guy doesn't get like well that's not really how it happened yeah 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 sure 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 right. you, know, you don't want to get hit up with those, all those questions so it was for the um, and- it was a November 1998 Esquire article saying uh, called can you say hero and and the and the really sad part, which I I really I, I actually teared up after the fact was, there's a moment in the scene where they're in a diner. Him and uh, Mr. Rogers and Vogel are sitting there. Oh uh, yeah. And he goes, he and, and Mr. Rogers really trying, and he goes, I I always take a minute of silence to think about all the people, the, the, uh, who I like my for love of me being. Right was what he said. Right. And he t- he takes a moment of silence. It's quiet, and everybody in the in the in the diner stops eating right. and, and takes, takes a mo- moment of silence with him. And it was it was I I made a joke like oh he must be mafia you know right. only mafia goes let's take a moment of silence and everybody stops eating and uh-huh. then you know like out of respect right you know here all those people that were in that diner were all the people that worked with Mr. Rogers or related to Mr. Rogers. Oh, man. <laughs> so that, I am... Son of a bitch. They showed it again, and I, I actually teared up. I'm like, oh, my because God. Because, okay, in that scene, he they do he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. He actually looks into the camera, and he, Tom Hanks is looking at you as Mr. Rogers, asking you to do the same thing that he's asking this guy, to take that minute... To you know, be thankful for the people who who basically brought you to where you are today, right? And it's it, the camera pans to everybody in yeah. the, in the diner, and then you see all oh, these faces. Dude, just give me chills, man. Uh, Shit, because you know, Mrs. Rogers was there. <coughs> Mrs. Her, Rogers was there. Her son, her son, one of her sons, son was there. Son of a bitch. Mister uh, Mr. McFreely was there. Really? Yeah, but you wow. did because you couldn't tell who he was right. because he didn't have the wig and you know, right. you know the hair and all. Wow. And it was just, you know, and like the president of, of Mr. Rogers Corporation right. like, was there. Like I wow. like the, the the guy that was the bald guy in the in the movie. I right. can't think of the right. actor's in, name. In, in, in Nino or whatever. Yeah. He's what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? <laughs> from Ver- uh, Veronica Mar- Veronica Mars' dad 
or you might remember him from uh, Galaxy Quest. Okay. Uh, I was thinking like Josh. Uh, you have helped us. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> I was thinking the photographer of Just Shoot Me for the uh, oh, okay. that series. <laughs> he was the photographer. That reminds me. I will go back to after we do this. I do have another review of an actual documentary that I watched. So, you know, so it was, I, like I said, I highly recommend this. Yeah, it was, was really good. It, it will make you cry. You know, I actually saw the actual documentary there's a documentary I on Fred Roger. I cried on the plane I was going to from here to Japan right I watched it there you have to give me the name of it because I want to watch and it and I almost bought it today I, I saw oh, it, yeah? saw it at, but it was like 20 bucks I'm like ah, I'm not going to pay <laughs> at too rich for my blood <laughs> I'm at the bargain basement price I, I would I would spend 10 dollars 15 max All right. only because it was DVD not uh, Blu-ray yeah, you don't pay 20 bucks for a DVD right you can get that for seven ninety nine in a bin, right? <laughs> so that mean, but I mean, like I saw the um, play in Japan, and they talked about it and about his life and 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 all, and everybody that was involved with them. Right. And you just, it really, it will, like I teared up the, wow. that documentary. And Ed's got Ed's. I have a cold hearted bastard. He's a cold hearted bastard. <laughs> I mean, that no was, so, This is a guy who lo- who laughs at hearses <laughs> driving across the screen. <laughs> You bastard! <laughs> That's still still funny to me when I saw that hers, because especially the sad scene right before, and then all of a sudden the, the transition transition into a little toy car driving through over to the graveyard. It did. It stuck out like <laughs> in the theater. I probably would have chuckled. Like, I, I I chuckled here. I can imagine if you sitting next to me, almost like a whole somber moment. You're just like, a <laughs> whole audience would have been like. That bastard. <laughs> God just died and you're laughing at his funeral? <laughs> can you say bastard? Uh, I bet you can. Uh, you will now. <laughs> but it was, I said, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. It was really good. It was, it's, it, you know, one of the few action movies that we watch and, you yeah. know, sci-fi or whatever. Every once in a while we'll watch a movie that just touches our heart. Yeah. Um, on the way home that night, I called, you know, I tell Stacey I'm on the way home. She calls to see how, you know, like, give me company while I'm driving. She's like, what you saying? I was like, we saw the Mr. Rogers movie. She's like, oh, does that mean that I can watch it, you know, herself? Because we were kind of waiting, we were going to watch it together. And I was like, yeah, you can watch it. Go ahead, you know, like on the on the fire stick. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'll tell you right now, you, you're going to have a problem with it. And she's like, wow. I'm like, well, I almost teared up. I think I heard Ed sniffle. It's got daddy issues, which right away, it, it hits her, her heartstrings. Like yeah. right away, she's like, oh, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the next day while I was at work, she actually watched it. And uh, so I was like, what do you think? She's like, had me crying. I couldn't. Not as hard as like the Good Dinosaur and some of the other <laughs> Disney movies, but she said she was crying quite a few times. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> she's like Disney, stupid Disney." Did, she, like, did you laugh at the hearse? I don't think she laughed at the hearse. It wasn't Disney, but it wasn't a Disney movie. But um, she was just like, "Stupid movies, Tom Hanks making me cry." <laughs> um, I did see another movie too. It's not really a movie, a documentary on. Um, this is the 20th anniversary of Galaxy Quest. Oh yeah! So they made a documentary called "Never Give Up, Never Never Surrender, Never Give Up, Never Surrender." Okay. Right? And it celebrates the popularity of this movie and how it became to be. And fascinating story, first of all, like how who they wanted to play the we call it uh, how they how it was presented 
Mm. How it was, uh, believe it or not, Harold Ramis was supposed to be the the actual director. Okay. And that started the ball rolling. And then they were trying to find, you know, a person to be the captain. Uh, first, they were trying, you know, like Bill Murray. Like they went through Tim Allen was like the bottom, bottom <laughs> of the of the barrel. Right. They're scraping it for that They're one. Scraping They're scraping it. Like, he, is there something else? And sure? he wanted it. He was like, I'll do it. You know, like, but the problem is he only came from at the time he only had the, the home improvement show. Yeah. That was it when they, when they were at, you know, and he was the, the director. Cause after they switched directors, he kind of wanted Tim Allen. Yeah. You know, he kind of, they were, no one was really sure. It's, it's fascinating of how, like who the other people they had to pick of the litter and who said no to this role and um, basically everyone kind of agreed like this is the best Star Trek movie of all time even though it's not a Star Trek movie yeah. because it was made with love by people who watch Star Trek and they have like they interview people at cons con they have almost all the stars in it I mean obviously with the, they have Tim Allen in it they have Sigourney Weaver they don't have uh, Alan Rickman in, obviously because he passes away yeah. and they addressed that because they were actually going to do a revival TV show on Amazon they were they were getting ready to come back to reprise those roles, but unfortunately he passed away. Wow! And I was like, wow! And then they you know they all talk about him like Justin Long was in it, Sam Rockwell. I mean they all they talked to pretty much everybody who was in the movie about about him. Like it starts about, about the movie and and how and everybody they they get as as many people as they can get it. And I was it was it was great. It was again one of those movies, one of those documentaries. You go, how did this get made? They even talk about the infamous, you know, fuck that scene where I forget that scene comes yeah. up. How this movie wasn't supposed to be a PG movie. It was supposed to be like an R-rated movie. Really? And that the this is what happens when the when suits get involved. They had um I forget what movie was coming out, but they actually had told them to re-edit it to make it a PG movie because they wanted it for Christmas because they thought this movie would be a, a suitable for 8-year-olds. Like wow. they wanted it was supposed to be a children's movie. That's how like it it went from like an R-rated movie down to a child's movie the way they edited it and cut it and they were like they were, everyone was kind of bummed and I, part of me is like fuck where's where's the R-rated cut? Yeah, bring bring a director's cut out. Yeah, right? you know I like, like to see I, it. I would love to see it cuz they even said, you know, like even at that moment where you know like she was, you know, there's this big chopper scene for those people who haven't seen it. God, it's it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um it's and she says oh. it's it's Galaxy Quest is what to Star Trek as Spaceballs is to Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and if you if, like Spaceballs, you're gonna love this one. They also even try to compare it to Spaceballs. Like at one point, it was supposed to be more of a comedy. I mean, a, a, a more of a lampoonish comedy mm. than um, what it turned out to be because they had like a whole new scriptwriter and the, a brand new director. It was it was incredible to see how that movie actually even made it to screen and then to find the audience that it had because I don't think it did I think it did okay in the theaters mm. but obviously you know like most movies it finds its it finds its place on video yeah and that's what happened and all of a sudden next thing you know it's like it's 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 like a masterpiece it is legitimately like for I would as much as I love to see the the original cut this one is is a damn fine good movie like yeah, it it's is. hysterical Every once in a while, I'll be like, you know what? Fuck, I think I want to watch that today. It's it's one of those rare movies that I can go, I could watch that at any given time and be able to laugh at the same stuff, chuckle. 
you know, because it's it's not just a good Star Trek movie. It's also a good movie. I think I actually own both DVD and Blu-ray. I think I got it. I think I saw it in the theater, got I, it on DVD, and then when it came out on Blu-ray. If, if, if Stacy wouldn't give me the side eye, they came out with, like, I think a 20th anniversary edition, like a steel book edition for it. Yeah. And uh, part of me is just like, <sighs> come on. I think I bought, like, the 10th anniversary one. You know? And then back when it came out, and I didn't know, like, and it's like, well, there's a 20th anniversary Steelbook one. I was like, man, I kind of want to get that. I know they probably didn't put anything into it, but the yeah. Steelbook looked nice. Yeah. But I know Stacey would be like, you're not buying another movie twice just for a Steelbook. I'm like, you're right. You're right. You know? Um, so I, I highly recommend that, too, if you can. It's called uh, Never Give Up, Never Surrender. It's basically the uh, a uh, documentary on the movie. So, anyway, that's what I got, Ed. That's all I've been doing. All right. Watching TV. Well, you know, since you were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, Sonic, yeah. and you wanted to see where it landed yeah. this week, you know, on, on uh, uh, movies, let's see what the top five movies are, kids. Let's go. Uh, number five was the number four movie of last week, Bad Boys for Life. It made $4.3 million over the weekend and 197.3 overall in the seven weeks release. So Good job. That is great. For seven weeks, it's still in the top five. That's awesome. Expect Bad Boys for <laughs> Uh, number four was a new release, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Mm. Really? Well, it's a slow month. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> $5.1 million it made this weekend, and uh, total gross, uh, I guess it started earlier, it's uh, $8.4 million, So Well, it's a, it's a limited run. It's one of those like, uh, hey, it's only going to be in theaters for like X amount of weeks. Okay. Yeah. Right. What else? Number three was the number two movie of last week, The Call of the Wild. It made thirteen point two million over the weekend and forty five point eight were all in the two weeks release. I actually am reading the book, Ed. Oh yeah. Yes. I, I every once in a while I do read. Uh, I do read. I remember um, this book. I actually read it a few times. I've never read it before. Really? Um yeah, and I got it for the nook because there was a free copy of it because I think the book's over a hundred years old at this point. Yeah. So any any book that's over a hundred years old, did free digitally. You could, if you look hard enough, like Stacy, she said she saw like a copy for like, you know, when I first started looking at my nook, it was like, oh, well, here it's like for $7. And I'm like, hey, worth seven bucks. Here it is for 99 cents. And I'm like, I think I could do better. You know, and eventually <laughs> I found like a free copy of it. And I was like, all right, let me read it. And it's like 87 pages long. Yeah. It's really short. And I'm in chapter three. And I'm like, I'm reading this book and I'm going, I don't know how accurate this movie is going to be to this book. Because. There, it's like told. This whole book is told from the dog's perspective. Ayo. That's a digital dog. What? It's well, no, no. I meant. Well, no. It's. It's. I'm reading the book. Yeah. And the book is told from the dog's perspective. Yeah. And I, the dog doesn't have any words or anything like that. Right. But um, <laughs> it's, it's not a talking like dog. dog. No, no one a hundred years ago wrote about a talking dog. Went one day, people are going to think I'm crazy, but I can see this becoming a movie with Harrison Ford to be real life Han and Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, okay. And every time I see the trailers, I'm going, I don't remember seeing that, reading that yet, you know. And the Harrison Ford character being kind of like a loner and them going on this adventure together. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something because I don't, I don't know if that character. I'm like, I feel like they rewrote this movie. Oh, they probably did. You know, probably to not try even to close. because to see the dog, and I'm going, I, all right, like, okay. Stacy's saying that she's also reading it too. She's one. It's one of those things where she's enjoying the fact that her and I are both reading the same book, you know, and hoping to get like after we're done, we'll watch the movie together. Right. It's a very couples thing, and I'm just like, 
Okay, like I just wanted to see. Just wanted to, I was curious. I'm like 87 pages, but I could blow that through in a week yeah. if I wanted to. I've been, I don't know, it's been like three, four weeks. I think I've been trying to read it because every time I get into bed, I only really read when I'm asleep. I'm going when I'm asleep when I go to bed, and I go to bed kind of late, and I'm also kind of tired. So by the time I actually get settled in and grab the milk and go, okay, let me get ready. Yeah. Buck said, Whoa. you know, next thing you know, I'm out. <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm, I'm trying. I think I'm. I think there's only like I, I might be like a third of the way through it. So I, it's a good I, story. You got to read it. it. You should finish it. <laughs> I mean, I will. I don't. I don't very rarely do I start a book and not finish it. Even if I can't stand the book, I'll muscle through just so I can go. You know what? I did it. I I know how it ends. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, it is I'm a classic. Like, so if, sure. I recommend that kids. If you haven't read that, if you'd book. like to learn a little something or read a little something, you can find it for free. And eighty-seven pages is not that horrible. It's not. You probably. I, I, if I was on a on a lazy Sunday, if I chose not to blow through TV, I probably could have finished it while Stacy was out. Like it's you know. Yeah. I give me a, a nice solid quiet afternoon. You know. Yeah, you can do it. Anyway, all right. So what else? Uh, Number two was the number one movie of last week, Sonic the Hedgehog. So there you go. It made $16 million over the weekend and 128.2 overall in the three weeks release. Okay. So So what was the number one movie? Probably a new release? New release, The Invisible Man. It made $29 million uh, this weekend, and that's with its total gross. I really want to see that. And uh, there you go. The trailer made it look good. I heard it was a good thriller. Like I'm not really into slash movies, and they're not doing it. It's more like a... Like a thriller, stalker type. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. I can, you know, if this is going to like, and I hope they're not like looking to try to launch any kind of universe or anything <laughs> like that. But I mean, if it's a standalone movie, I'm, I'm, I might have to take a peek to see if I can uh, get there. So, you know, you can't see me. <laughs> yeah, all right. Good for them. Uh, you got anything else, Ed? Yeah. Oh, well, we got the uh, releases of the week. Oh, uh, we do? Yeah. All right. Uh, this is going to be very short, kids. Yeah. Uh, Titans, the complete second season is coming out on Blu-ray this Tuesday, the third, March 3rd. Yes. The uh, DC Universe. Oh, second season? Wow. Yes. Oh, that's another movie. It's another show I got to catch up on. And then the uh, 4K of the, these movies are coming out. Uh, the Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc., Monsters University, Up and Wally. Disney. Coming at you in 4K. And that is it, kids, for uh, movies and TV. For video games, we have Grand Blue Fantasy Versus by XC Games for the PS4, and that's coming out in March. Murder by Numbers the irregular, by the Irregular Corporation for the Switch and PC, and that's on the 6th. And Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX by Nintendo for the Switch, and that's all on right. the 6th as well. And there you go. That's all the releases. Okay. All right, let's see. Um, I got news. News time. News. Now, some of this is old, um, so we'll probably breeze through most of this. Um, all right. So, Ed, last time we talked, uh, Rick Moranis is officially returning to Disney's upcoming Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel. Really? Yes. For those people who don't know who Rick Moranis is, shame on you. Um <laughs> he's, 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 he's you've been born he's, you're you're uh, uh probably uh older than the uh, you, were, you were born after the turn the, of century he is the key master <laughs> uh, no he's the, is he the key master or he the gatekeeper uh anyway um <laughs> let's see um for those people who know him he's from um 
My Blue Heaven, Spaceballs, Parenthood. Some people also know him from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, there's all, They're coming up. He's going to reprise his role as Wayne Selinsky at Disney's upcoming Honey, I Shrunk the Kids sequel, Shrunk. Shrunk. All right. This goes back about three weeks ago. Uh, it was rumored that he was in talks of possibly turn, but uh, now Deadline's reporting that he has officially closed the deal with Disney and signed on. Um, so we, everyone's been hoping for him coming out of retirement for a long time. So good for him. Uh, the director of the original movie, Joe Johnson, will be back to helm the new sequel. Um, the concept for the film was originally pitched by Josh Gad, who people might know as the voice of Olaf. Yeah. Um, who was starring the film as Wayne's grown-up son, Nick Selinski. Uh, the new movie will now exist in the same world as the other films in the franchise and continue the overall storyline. Nick follows his father's footsteps by not only becoming a scientist who accidentally shrinks his children. Um, here are some of the additional story details. Aware that the family ties have loosened over time but seemingly afraid to confront anyone directly, he has been tinkering alone in his attic for decades, dealing with the grief of losing his wife. When we, finally meet, when we first meet him, he has accidentally shrunk himself and is flying around on a shrunken drone. Similarly, lost in a continuous uh, tinkering and experimenting that often puts himself and his family in jeopardy. He later reveals he shut himself away to try to invent a solution to help shrink Diane's cancer, but it found it hard to cope when he ran out of time. His guilt and shame is palpable, though the crisis of kids getting shrunk, the truth emerges, and the bonds begin to redevelop between him and his kids. There, wow! Now, now you don't even see the movie. Yeah, you're welcome. Pretty much gave it to you. <laughs> I had to look it up. He was the keymaster in uh, key Ghostbusters. Yes, yeah, so. the keymaster. Um, the film Are is you set, the gatekeeper. Uh, yeah, the film is set to start shooting in spring of this year, uh, with Moranis coming back. Um, all right. Well, you know, people that don't know, just to you know, kind of fill you in. Rick Moranis was a ninety eighties and nineties star. Actually, it's probably seventies he started uh, uh, with the. Uh, no, eighty one, eighty two. I'm sorry, the SCTV. That was kind of yeah. his, his big hey, thing. Bob, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yes. In no way, Hoser. Do 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 do. So like the eighties, the eighties. That's where he, you know, started. You know, with with those doing, and then then he moved on to Strange Brew was his first movie. Okay, hey, yeah, it was when we made our first movie. Yo, yeah, you remember Hoser? We just. We're really funny. I, I actually have. Really? I actually have Strange Blue on DVD. Uh, I got it in a five pack. <laughs> at, at, at Walmart for all places. It was a Rick Moranis' greatest hits. No, no, it was it was five movies bundled together oh, in one big huge band. That you, they're individual. Five and then, random movies. Right, it was five bucks for five movies, and Strange Brew was one of the movies that was in that in that list. And oh, I'm like, okay. I, they were all comedies. One was like I think sure. Vacation, Eventually uh, Lampoon's Vacation, but I mean, went went on from there, you know, to uh, Ghostbusters. Okay, um, loser. I'm trying to find out. Brewster's Millions he was in. I don't know if that's an old one as well. Um, I'm trying to find Little Shop of Horrors, which, you know, was big. Spaceballs, which everybody should the know. Dark, dark Helmet. Right. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And then it's, your brother's, uncle's, cousin's roommate. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing. To this day, I still use the phrase, and that is why evil will always triumph, because good is dumb. dumb. My Blue Heaven, which I, I love that movie. I, I think that's one of the great movies. Um... But then, it, then about ninety seven, that's when he stopped making movies. Like all of a sudden, it was just like he was he was gone because his wife passed away, I think, of cancer, and he ended up raising his his children. Right, and, he, he, and he retired to yeah, raise his kids. Right. 
So, I mean, he, after the turn of the century, he started making movies here and there. But, like, I think it was, like, more like uh, voiceover. Yeah, or, he did a voiceover for um, the Gold, um, the Goldmans, uh, Goldbergs, the TV show. Mm-hmm. They brought him in to do a voiceover for something. Um, I think it might have been because a, um, a, the kid found space balls. Yeah. And they had he had a dream, and they used somebody dressed up as Dark Helmet, but they Rick Moranis did the voice. Yeah. You know. All right, I'm hoping for. It. I love you know. I gotta be honest. Honey, Honey, Shrunk the Kid was it was a it was a pretty funny movie. Yeah, you know the sequel, Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. I you know not so much, but you know you get when you need to make a sequel. What's the obvious thing? You do the opposite. You do the opposite. Oh, yeah. we shrunk them. Now we go make them big. Honey, I blew up the kids. I blew up the baby. And then I think the third one was. Then they have a third one. I think where he shrunk everybody. Like Honey, I shrunk everybody. Oh, there's I Honey, I shrunk the audience. Which that is, was I saw I was I was there for that Edwin Ed. Yes, it was a, a Disney movie. It was a Disney ride. It was an right. attraction at Epcot. Yes, right before or right right after right before Captain EO, I think it was. Or no, after after Kia after after yeah. Captain EO, the Michael Jackson movie. Um, it was it was one of those interactive like three D movies where you shrink down like he shrinks the shrinks audience. you down and then you they pick you up and it's like so amazing because the the way of the the way they they do it they you see the hands of the person holding this box uh-huh. and then they turn it in a way and there you are waving <laughs> yeah and it's really you yeah. like you know because I saw it with my it our honeymoon and- crazy my favorite part is the mice. There's a moment where they have a bunch of mice let loose and it hits the back of your legs and tails. Tails, yeah. And you could hear the wave of people like, ah, like it goes right through the hole. It was it was a wave of screams. It yeah. was great. Yes. Yeah, it was fun. It's usually wearing shorts because it's hot. It's hot summer yes. sun. Yeah, it's hot Florida <laughs> sun. You're like, oh, you feel like, that. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. I'm going to slip right up here. <laughs> Keep myself warm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Rick Moranis is coming back. All right, nice. That's um, great. All right. Um, you just got back from a theme park, Ed. Yes, I did. Um, I would say the theme park. But you know they have a rival, too, the Universal theme park. Yeah, which they're really coming up as a as a really... They're uh, uh, really... Uh, you got that whole Harry Potter land going on. That and... is beautiful. I mean, you got to go see it. If you're a Harry Potter fan, you need to see this, you know, see this, because it's phenomenal. Magical. Ah! <laughs> It is. Ah, it is. Ah, it truly is. I think they got. They think some. They got. They got Imagineers from Disney that their contracts run out, or the guys who got pissed, fired. They, they got fired. They got pissed off. They're going. We're going to go to Universal and Fuck do something. We're going to Universal. Harry Potter Land yeah. coming your way. Well, Ed, you'd be good to know that the classic Monster Land is coming to Universal's epic Universal theme park. All right. Um theme park fans have a new reason to get excited when last year Universal Studios announced a third new park coming to their Orlando resort called Epic Universe it will contain several unique land themes and beloved property um, among them are a ready Ed? Yeah. Super Nintendo World Yes. a land based on the Fantastic Beasts franchise and how to train your dragon area but the most unexpected and coolest one is the land themed to the classic Universal Monsters. It may not be the most kid-friendly choice, but the one that's most expected to be very, very popular. And now the first details of this new land have begun to surface thanks to a report coming from Park Stop. Uh, the land will be themed to a European village invoking the sets built for Frankenstein on the Universal Studio lot over 90 years ago. Mm. Uh, sets that remain standing and are used to this day. 
Uh, so it appears that Castle Frankenstein will be looming over the village, as will an, the old windmill from the climax of the film. Uh, right now, the park is expected to open in 2023. Yeah. Well, so, I, I knew about Nintendo Land. I, that one I knew about, and it looks, you know, I mean, the design looks neat to, to, to uh, visit. And, 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 you know, if you're especially for Nintendo fan, especially Super Mario Brothers and all that. Um, though I'm, I'm kind of surprised about this, to be honest with you, only because it's about time they did it. Because, because <laughs> I know, I mean, if, if you, if you've been to Universal, I've been to Universal a few times. Uh-huh. And I can tell you this, that there is there is a strong. They have Halloween nights. They have like I, like, I was there for a Halloween night. Right. I was here for Halloween and, night. And 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 like people love it. Like it's it's phenomenal. Ed, would you like me to tell a story about one of my theme park? Yeah, park go ahead. Um, many 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 moons ago, I got I was on I was in Florida, Orlando, Florida, which is outside of Orlando, for a job training thing, mm. and it was right around Halloween. And we, the group of people that I was I was <clears throat> rooming with, basically decided to go to Universal Studios, and we got there and we didn't know that they were having this Halloween night. You know, like what happens is like seven o'clock at night they kick everybody else out, mm. and they change and unless you bought a special ticket. Yeah, then they change event. everything. All this, all the facades have new horror themes going on. Everything became a haunted house. They had like seven haunted houses there you can walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy running around with a chainsaw chasing after people. They had zombies and running zombies. through. Yeah. They had a um, undead Blues Brothers show. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And at the very end, it accumulates with this big, like there's like a, a an overarching story that kind of goes through the park, and it ends with this big like uh, shindig of um, celebrity impersonators who kind of. Like, there was a guy who looked like Howard Stern. He said he was going to hell. You know, it was all these... It was, like, why these people were going to hell. It was, it was fascinating. Mm. It was a shit ton of fun, too. Like, people were walking around. They had to wear, like, the yard of hurricane... Like, the hurricane drink. Like, drinking, getting kind of drunk. It yeah. was like, yeah, kick everybody out. It's time for the adults to play. Yeah. Right. And some of the rides were so good. Like, we went on, like, the, the Back to the Future ride. It was, you know, it was one of the last times I got to go on the Jaws ride. You know, because yeah. that was, they closed that down. I was like, sweet memories, being chased by the shark. It was great, you know? Yeah. Um, so that, that's my, I kind of, and I also, I'm a big fan of those original monsters. I have the box set of the original. Well, I mean, they have, they have a, they have a, like a haunted house still there yeah. that they do every day, like that operates. And then they have a, uh, like a restaurant. That's like all themed like the the classic horror movie, uh, you know, uh, Lon Chaney and and uh, Boris Karloff and so on. All right. So you go, why didn't you do more of this? Like like you have this property that like people want, like like you know, like I mean, like like people buy these movies like all the time, and like I just know, don't think uh, just don't know how to do it right. And and, and that's the thing. Like I think you know after they did Harry Potter, you're going. You did this right, like you know, and right. this this would have this this would have went wrong. This would have been probably a flop. and would have been closed, you know, if, if they did this wrong. But they did it great. I mean, like I said, I I mean, if you're a Harry Potter fan, I recommend you go there. Um, uh, it says here the Universal Monsters Land looked to showcase at least two main attractions, according to the report, and there appear to be some smaller buildings for the usual dining, shopping, and likely character meets and greets. Um, one of the main attractions said to be a classic style dark ride, which will feature most of the original Universal monsters. So expect not only to see Frankenstein's monster, but also Dracula, Wolfman, the Mummy, the Invisible Man, the Phantom of the Opera, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Uh, the classic monsters have been Universal's most lucrative franchise for almost nine decades. 
and both Dracula and Frankenstein celebrate their 90th anniversary this year. Uh, these two films spawned 20 years of interconnected movies, creating the first cinematic universe long before Marvel ever got into the game. For the last several decades, Universal's tried to reboot those franchises for a modern audience. Um, they had success with the 1999 version of The Mummy, but failed with the more recent version of Dracula Untold, and also failed to click with audiences and their quote-unquote dark universe attempt at a monster reboot that died before it even began. Uh, nevertheless, Universal still makes a ton of money off the classic iterations, so which suggests people still love the original black and white versions, even if it's just for iconography. The studio has found a way to, in recent years to reinvent those movies as elaborate mazes for Halloween Horror Nights. Those attractions evoke the old films while updating the scare factor for modern audiences, but given the long lines for those mazes, it suggests that young, even young people love the idea of those old creatures become creatures feature icons. Um, <clears throat> while centering on the new land on the Frankenstein makes all the sense in the world, Hopefully, the other monsters can get representation beyond the character meet and greets. A report suggests that a boat ride through the Black Lagoon is part of a potential expansion. But what about a live theater show of the Phantom of the Opera? A walk through attraction of Dracula's castle where you can encounter his bloodthirsty brides. You know, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I, I, I'm in. I, I'm in on that one. I like that idea. Just you know. Yeah, I'm saying it's 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 about time they did it. I mean, like I said, like. There, there's a lot of stuff out there, and and they, I mean, like the mummy ride they have is really good, like, but it's based off the 1999 film, right? So you go, okay, and then they have, like I said, they have a heart thing, and then they have the restaurant. I think there's something else. I can't remember what it is exactly, but I mean, you know, it's like there's shops and all, and people they're buying stuff. So it's like you go, there's something, you know, like do something with this, you know. Sure. Especially if you want to compete with Disney, you know. It's, I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough, uh, tough to uh, do. But, you you know, I mean, after, like I said, after after they built Hollywood Power, I'm like, wow, like, if they keep this up, like, this is going to be a, you know, Disney's going to have to, like, lower their prices or How something. How great like, would it be that if, if you go into that land and it's all grays and black tones? Like, you walk into, like, a black and white movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like, it's like, and then it's foggy. And, right. You know, like, like, you so that way it gives you the... Everything's, like, in, like, dark grays and black and whites. And just, just, like, just for, like, a little moment, maybe. Because I don't think, like, you need... I don't know if you can pull off a colorized version of, of Frankenstein walking through the audience. You With know the green I mean? and the, right. and the gray. Need, yeah. like, I think that if you... Like, even though people wear color, like, they would be the only thing that stands out in this land while everything else is... It might be dreary and drab. I don't know how well it would work. It should at least be, at least one section should be like if they if they could put snow on rooftops and as soon as you walk through Hogsmeade and it's cold, right? I think they could pull that off. Like right. I, uh, it's something that I, I, you're right. I, I you know it would be interesting if you could make a black and white like everything was black and white. I actually, have like every like the. Uh, uh, I don't know what you call them because uh, you, know, you can't call them cast. I guess you call them cast members of Universal. The employees, the employees, the employees are all dressed. You have in like a grayish like uh, right, makeup, like, like all a, dressed up yeah. in black and white costumes and black and white makeup. Like shit, sure, why not? You walk and go, "Hey, sir, how you doing? Welcome to the front. like." Or you get the uh, old lady who's telling you, know, "You're you're the, the plant's cursed," you know, and she gives you like the you know you all get like this little coin. Or like a little silver locket, you know. Yeah. It'd be nice, you know. And next, you know, you see like somebody transform into the Wolfman, and not in front of your eyes, but like you, you kind of see him fall back, and he's like, oh, finds right, falls behind some like right like, <laughs> shelf or something like that, and then a wolf pops up, and, you're like, and, you're... and then runs off. You're like, holy crap, that'd be awesome, yeah. you know. 
All in the meantime, you see like Frankenstein and Wolf, uh, um, Dracula fighting off on the wooden mill or something like yeah. that. Yeah. You know? <sighs> Makes me want to watch Abner Costello meets Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, so I don't know if you knew it or not, but they're making a uh, He-Man Master of the Universe cartoon for Netflix. Really? Yes. I have the list of the cast members of the voice cast. Okay. All right. Um, Netflix has announced its upcoming animated series, Masters of the Universe Revelation, which will see Star Wars icon Mark Hamill voicing Skeletor. Really? Uh-huh. The streamer says that the show is based on the He-Man, Skeletor, Tila, and other classic monsters, a Master of the Universe franchise. <laughs> yeah, in a press release. For the entire list of actors, here you go. Um, every voice actor is... Are you ready? Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Lena Headley as Evil Lynn. That's um, Cersei from... Um, or the bad guy from um, the Doom, the Dread movie. Yeah. Chris Wood is as Prince Adams and He-Man. Sarah Michelle Gellar as Tila... Okay. Liam Cunningham as Man in Arms. Stephen Root as Cringer. Diedrich Bader as King Randor, Tripjaw. Diedrich Bader was, um, he was in the Drew Carey show, but he also is of Batman fame. He is from the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon. Yeah. He was Batman. Uh, he was also in Jane Silent Bob reboot. Um, he was the security guard. Oh, okay. Okay, okay yes, yes. Um, Griffin Newman is Orko. Tiffany Smith is Andra. Henry Rollins, the singer, actor, as Triclops. Alan Oppenheimer, who is the original Skeletor, by the way. He's going to be Mossman. Okay. Susan Eisenberg as Sorceress. I think Susan Eisenberg. I think she did the voice for Wonder Woman in the cartoons. Alicia Silverstone is Queen Marlena. Wow. Justin Long as Roboto. Jason Mewes as Stinkor. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Lamar, he's the voice of uh, Sam. Uh, we call it um, Samurai Jack and, and uh, John uh, Stewart. Jo- There's a lot of things. He, he's, he, uh, yeah, he was the oh, I forget the guy from from uh, uh, Futurama. The uh, oh yeah, um, the Jamaican right. Uh, he's going to be hero. Okay, Tony Todd is Scareglow. Tony Todd is the Candyman. Yeah, um, so I think it's Scareglow. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Cree Summers as Priestess, Kevin Michael Richardson as Beastman, Kevin Conroy as Merman, and Harley Quinn Smith as Lena. Um, Master of the Universe Revelations will focus on the unresolved storylines from the iconic characters picking up where they left off decades ago. Uh, Kevin Smith will serve as a showrunner and executive producer along with his writing staff, which includes Mark Bernardin, Eric uh, Crasso from Supergirl, um, Mark Bernardin is his co-host on Fat Man Beyond. Yeah. But he also wrote for Castle Rock, the TV show. Okay. Um, Diana Mircha, who writes for Magic the Gathering, and Tim Saradin, who wrote Reign of the Superman, with the animation being done by Powerhouse Animation, who does Castlevania, um, for those people who watch Netflix. Okay. So, uh, no release date has been re- has been revealed yet, but what do you think of the voice cast, Ed? Uh, impressive, you know, and I was kind of like when you got to the last one, I was like, uh, I guess, I guess Kevin Smith's got something to do with it. I'm curious to see how if she had to, you know, like uh, she might have had to, you know, she's an actress, so she does, we call it, does go around and uh, does auditions and stuff. So how, like, did did she, did he know? You know, 
Because, you know, it's, it's, I mean, Jason Mewes, come on. Like, if the moment you say Jason Mewes isn't going to be in it, you know it's Kevin's, Kevin's like, I, I, he's got to be Stinkor. Like, you know, yeah. that's just, I find that funny. What do you think? I, I you know, I, I just actually, not too long ago, a couple months ago, a few months ago, I picked up the original uh, complete series of He-Man oh. Masters of the Universe. Because I actually watched, Tubi TV has it, a season of it on there and I was watching it and I was really enjoying it because I used to watch it when I was a kid and I had the action figures and Castle Grayskull me and my brother that's favorite shows you know and we, we would watch that and on and uh, have the, like collect all the action figures and or most of them and um, so I was like watching it like kind of reliving my childhood right. and I'm like you know I'm like yeah it was hokey some of them were really hokey episodes <laughs> but you know you have to admire some of the especially some of the animation because it was a lot of a lot of things that were refiltered over right. and over again. Like you would see a running scene, and he would do it like a back and forth. That like he would look left, right, and then uh-huh. run off. And you would like be in like a lot of those episodes. That same scene would be over and, and over. Like, Throw that piece in there. Yeah, <laughs> we need him we, run away. We need him running this way, looking for something. And you know, and he does, and then they throw that in there. And like it was it wasn't just him. It was Tila that would do it. You know, the, the right, other character. Like Man of Arms done it. You know that <laughs> kind of thing. So you would have like different characters, and you would kind of have to go. They probably just had a basic design and they just kind right. of overdrew the the armor or the right. you know the whatever like you know or you just had skin. the run, they just had the running animation and just moved the background yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's just standing there just running in place we'll just move the background they'll get it <laughs> but in the background they actually didn't move because it was like it was cut like a center oh, scene okay, right. it would run into screen look back and forth and then run out of screen and that was it like <laughs> you know that was like a small maybe like three seconds and they go you know how long it took to draw that thing we're for- gonna never forget we're <laughs> Gonna use it every episode. We're gonna put this in as the many mo- episodes as I can that's squeeze. The in most this. expensive shot in the block. We're using it in every episode. Exactly. Son of a bitch. All right. We get every dollar out of that shot. <laughs> there's a writer's base. Yes, but did we get him to run yet? <laughs> we need to put that in the episode. Well, no. This is basically everything happens in the castle. No, no. We need him to run outside because we we got to make our money back on that 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 one. It's an awesome scene. It's a great cut scene of him running through the thing and. We got them all doing it. Is there any way we can get them all to do it in one episode? <laughs> no? You sure? Because we paid a lot of money for those episodes of animations, and we need to bank on it. You know? Like now. You want a season two, don't you? <laughs> there was two seasons on it. There was <laughs> See? So, so apparently they did. <laughs> apparently they couldn't get enough, though, for season three. Well, I mean, you know, after a while, that, that you know, the well dries up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's, you know, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in that voice cast. I mean, like, like Steve Ruse played Cringer. I was like, you know what? He, I could see him doing those voices. Sure. That's not, unless it's not the Steven Root I'm thinking of. No, it's a Steven Root from, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, here, I'll give you it. From Office Space. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. my stipler. He was also the voice of the captain in that kind of, it was an, a show on sci-fi. Um, I'm going to see if I can get, um, he was, he was kind of like a, a kind of a pervy creature. Um, and, oh, 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 I, oh God. I know it's exactly now. I just said that he was, he was like right, a purple, right. Purple thing. And then he had a, um, okay. I, I got him up here. It was, and the clown was like a Darth Vader. He was also in news radio. Yeah. He was a clown. There was a clown bad guy. Yeah. It was like a Darth Vader, but he was like a Bobo, the, the Vader. Yeah. Um, that was um, he was in dodgeball. You know, <laughs> um, let's see. Where is it? Master Universe, miniseries, six episodes. Uh, 
he's in Bombshell. He's in Summer. He does a lot of voiceover stuff. Yeah. Dallas and Robo, The Pickles. Come on, where is it? Adventure Time. He was in Get Out. Interesting. Um, I go back, back, back. He's in Con Man. Interesting. Gravity Falls. Guardians of the Galaxy, the TV show. Um, come on. <laughs> this goes. I gotta go way, back, way, you know, way back. back. I, I'm pacing. You know, I'm going slow. I should really just kind of do a big jump here. Uh, 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 what were you looking for again? <laughs> Steven Root, the cartoon that he was in. Um, oh, right, right. That was like in the '90s, I think. It was. Yeah, and so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get back there. Uh, uh, he was, in, he was in uh, Buzz Lightyear. Come on, News Radio. Uh, uh, he was in Johnny Bravo. Oh, oh. I like it. I like it very much. Oh, mama. God damn it, Sean! You can't. It was like a computer animated show. Um, oh, this is driving me nuts. Feeling tripping the rift. Tripping the rift. He was uh, chowed. Chowed. That's right. Yes. Whew. Thank goodness I was able to find that. Captain Chowed. <laughs> and he was. He kind of had like a. I think I have that on DVD somewhere. The whole series because they did quite a few of them. Yeah. Um, and actually, it was like a television show. He's kind of. He was kind of pervy. He had like a um, like a girlfriend that was kind of like overly sexualized. Yeah. It was she- definitely like, and it was. It was just. Over the top, kind of funny. It was over the top, funny, kind of sexy. It was, it was, it was everything you wanted. It was like a late night cartoon on Sci Fi Channel. Yeah, I it remember was when that. Sci Fi was trying to be edgy. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I remember those days. I, I miss those days. In but a while. speaking of Sci Fi, Ed. Yeah. Scott Bakula teases Quantum Leap revival. Really? He said there's lots to do. This was back in February 15th. So this was half a month ago. Uh, Quantum Leap star Scott Bakula doesn't know if he'll ever return as Sam. Be- doesn't know if he'll ever return as Sam Beckett in the pivotal revival of the classic sci-fi series, but he's got an idea of what things would be like for the Leaper in the modern-day setting. Uh, this week, Bakula appeared on the talk for a new interview, and naturally, the conversation came up turned to Quantum Leap because uh, we're living in the age of nonstop reboots, both big and small screen. Bakula was directly asked if there would ever be a revival of Quantum Leap to bring the story forward to the present day. Uh, recognizing the demand some fans have, uh, Bakula said to, to, had this to say, I don't know, I don't know, but I know the fans would love to have a reboot. Now, while there doesn't seem to be any plans currently for Quantum Leap to be revived, there's still room for speculation on what the series could be like today. Television has drastically changed, and in the years since the cult classic show went off the air, there's a case we made about the real world, cha- real, real world changing even more dramatically in recent years. It's true that there are many real life issues afflicting the world today that could really benefit from Sam Beckett leaping in to make things right. As Beckett explains, the doctor would really have his hands full this time around. Um, <laughs> well, there's so many things going on right now that need to be put right that are currently going wrong that that he would be very, very busy. Lots to do. <laughs> Initially debuting in 1989, Quantum Leap ran for five seasons on NBC until the series finale in 1993. Of course, Bakula led the series as Dr. Sam Beckett, a physicist who who gained the ability to, to quote-unquote, leap through space and time after a time travel experiment goes awfully awry. Leaping from one person's body to another in various locations at different points in history, Dr. Beckett uses his opportunity to correct some of the biggest mistakes from the past. Dean Stockwell also co-starred with Bakula in the series as Admiral Al Cavalici, a hologram 
only seen and heard by Dr. Beckett, who accompanies him on missions. Uh, one perk of revisiting Quantum Leap is that I may be able to rectify the disappointing series finale given to us by the show. Um, after watching nearly 100 successful leaps play out during the course of the series, the show's closing moments, spoiler, reveal that there would be no happy ending for Sam Beckett. Remember that? And he never, unfortunately, he never left home. I don't remember it. I, I yeah. honestly don't. I actually picked it up for 20 bucks. the complete series of on DVD. Qu- on DVD. I, er- I saw it on Walmart a couple months ago, and I was like, you know, for 20 bucks, I love that show. I watched it religiously up until the end, and I can't remember what happened. Like, And I'm kind of like, I kind of want to see that, you know, I kind of want to revisit the whole series, you know, to see it, you know, and, and, and watch it. But I, I was I was really curious to see, like, what happened, because I know at one point he actually came home. There is there's a couple episodes where um, he does leap home um, and or there is a couple episodes where Ziggy, well, Ziggy is the computer, but yeah. um, Al does the leaping and there was like a they kind of Tra- yeah, yeah, it's a transfer. It was a great show. I you know what? You bought it for the whole series for for Blu-ray and for DVD. I, every once in a while, I'm going to Best Buy and they have it all on Blu-ray for forty bucks, and a part of me is just like, all five seasons right there, all in their own like little case because I have like the the Married with Children set. I don't yeah. like how they have all the discs like piled up, or even uh, sliders has them all like together in like yeah. a big pile. I'm like, I can't. It, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Um. Like every once in a while, I kind of look at it and I go. Ugh, like I'm itching to buy it because I'm um, like because I I love that show and it it was so it was every show started off with a oh boy yeah <laughs> it was great it was uh it, it made Scott Bakula a household name yeah you know and then you know he went to Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> and then he became real household name um, he Captain Archer the only the only thing I always I always thought about was like after he leaped like what happens to that person that he leaped into because he like he leaped there into there was a, a holding room there do you don't you don't remember the holding no, room I don't remember okay the see room. every time there the, see I don't remember as much now okay. like, I, I thought I did I remember right. like fond, I'm fondest of watching it like that, right. that kind of thing the but the premise is they want to jump through time you know but they um it was a he, certain he, amount of time too it wasn't he wanted to go back into his own life yeah and he could only leap back into. Um, from the time he was born to the future that he was in, yeah, like so, it, he couldn't go. He couldn't go back in time to let's say kill Hitler because he wasn't born when, when Hitler was. It could only right. be in his personal timeline. Yeah, but what would happen is he would jump in. They would leap into another person's body, <clears throat> and it would. This person was affected. He if they affected history in some way, shape, or form, and something happens to that person and. Ziggy, who was their computer, who kept track of timelines, knew whether or not. What are you looking at? Use the c word. So my my oh. Alexa lit up. <laughs> it keeps track of the timelines, and and through Al was able to say Ziggy says that this person has an eighty six percent chance, chance of, of of this you know of succeeding this thing, and they have to do this because without this you don't get that. You know, and it it fought sexism, racism. It went through like you know with Sam being in the body of a black person. Yeah. But during during the time though, what would happen is that person, you know, while it would be if let's say I would be Doctor Sam Beckett right now, right? You would see me, but every time I would look in the mirror, I would see my Sam Beckett, right? Um, and what would happen is the person who he leapt into goes into the holding chamber that Sam technically was in. His body was in. Yeah. So it was like a waiting room. So this guy, so this person was these these people were in a waiting room, 
not really knowing what was going on, sometimes in a, in a, in a, a sleep chamber. Now I remember. Thing. Yeah, okay. And then he would leap back out, and that person would then go back in, usually with no memory of the of the leap itself. Right. You know, but and, that was the thing. Like, 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 like all of a sudden, uh, now, like, they're at a point, and they're like, well, what the fuck happened? Like, I was here, right. you know, now so many times, so much time has gone by, because it's not like an hour right. or whatever. So it could be like, you know, 48 hours, could be a week, could yeah. be a month. You know, I remember there's the episode where Sam goes to Vietnam and saves his brother. You know, because he his brother died in Vietnam, and it was there was things in Sam's life that he wanted to fix, which is the reason why this is the whole start of the experiment. Right. And he wound up being forced to save other people's lives, and every once in a while he got the chance to to correct a mistake in his own life. But that's when the biggest fight was between him and Al. Was Al's like, "It's your brother's destiny to die. You can't save him." And he saves him, and, and it changes history in the for the best. And it's. It was such a great show. Yeah, it was. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, so clearly, I remember more about it than you do. Yes. <laughs> you have a better memory than I do. So. Uh, only for stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm sending a message to my father. He's saying good night. He also said hello, by the way. Oh, say hello to that. I will. All right, now where am I else in my news articles? All right. So there's nothing real, no confirm. No confirm. He teases. Yeah. He's like, you know, there'd be a lot to do. Um, I, I would like to see a, a reboot of that. Sure. I mean, you know, it's, that would that would that would be a show that I want to see. Like, there's there's shows out there. I'm like, really? They're doing this show? Like, really? They like didn't that just last three seasons? And that there's a reason why. Like, I, I what was that one show that that CW's <laughs> putting on? Uh, Roswell. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all the TV shows that you could probably revive, I think Quantum Leap is probably one of the ones that kind of almost makes sense. Yeah. People love time travel. They like him. I mean, he's still, he's beloved. I mean, even if you don't, how great would it be you reboot the series as Beckett's son? Like, yeah. I don't know if he had any kids when he before he left, but it just kind of wouldn't it be great if he was, you know, like it was a relative and they found a way to at least... Because the show ended, spoiler Ed, with him with basically a title card saying, and you know, because they weren't, I think they weren't really sure if they were coming another season, so it was they expected another season mm. and they didn't get it, so they just added a title card and he, you know, he never found his way back home. It was very sad. It was like, mm. hey, yeah, you know, you watch this guy for five years. Guess what? He never leaves back home. <laughs> this is his job. This is all he does. And you're just like, well, fuck. <laughs> like that sucks. That's kind of a of a downer of an ending, especially for 1993. Yeah, you know, grunge was in <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the dark times were then. Yeah, okay, all right, I, I can see that then. Yeah, you know, like bring it back, like you know, um, I don't know how well I remember seeing um, Dean Stockwell, the guy who played Al at a comic con. Uh, I think it was one of the last comic cons I went to. Yeah, because they had all the Star Trek uh, characters. It was sad. I'm gonna. This to me was kind of abusive. I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna. This, this is why they had for the first time ever at a con all the Star Trek captains, yeah. all of them, Shatner, Archer, you know, Cisco, all of them, right, all of them, and because let me call it, um, Scott Bakula is start. He's there. They decided to get you know Dean Stockwell to yeah. do you know also to sign autographs and stuff because you got the you know. Sam and, and yeah, let's push this a dollar further and right. let's get the let's get this quantum leap team back together. But to me, what what made it sad was you have Scott Bakula up there with Shatner 
and 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 but Stewart. I mean, they were all fucking there. Yeah. And off to the side, in like his own little booth, was him. Yeah. Was and I just like I remember walking by, going, first he looked really old. Yeah. And I was just like, wow. Now he's gonna stare over at his buddy that he spent like five years with. With over there and with like a massive line and he's just kind of by himself like looking sad it was like there was a lot of people in his line or no not when I was, not it, when I was there the thing, like, like he was in Battlestar Galactica for a while yes, he, 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 was, he has an illustrious career yeah. but at that moment in that moment in time when I saw him nobody like it was like one of those things where he's just looking over at his buddy being all like yeah I'll sign this yeah I'll sign that hey here's a photo click 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 and you just kind of see him like often as like you know he had to see him at his peripheral side of view and you'd yeah. be like does he like at least wave and go hey come on over like you know I like yeah. I walked by and I was like wow that guy be suck like it'd be it'd be like you know you're in a band I was, I was with you at that con yeah, we, think, yeah we went together yeah um, it was yeah I was, that's where I got my um, my autograph from William Shander with the I got the special poster oh, yes. of him singing uh, uh, Rocket Man. Yes. And it was and I got him to sign it. <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of that, like this this because this one's gonna go way back, kids. Six way million, back. Six million dollar man. Uh-huh. I was in Boston. My wife wanted to go up there for because it was a it was a it was a Wizard World convention, but it was like a Buffy con because all the <laughs> all except for like Sarah Michelle Geller. Allison Hannigan uh, and, uh, and, and the, the ones who got really successful. The three successful ones out of the series that, like, you think everybody else was there. Sure. And what she, she so she's, because she's Gaga for, for Buffy. And, right. You know, I'm a fan, but not as, as big as she is. Sure. So, you know, because she bought this package and all this stuff. Right, whatever, right. You know. But there was other people there that I wanted to meet. John Schneider was there. Uh-huh. Uh, Gil Gerard was there for Buck okay. Rogers. Uh, they had... The six billion dollar man, Lee Majors, Lee Majors, and Oscar Goldman's Richard Anderson. Okay, that's his name. I know. Yes, I know. Anyone remember his name? They had a. They had two booths, uh-huh. one on one side, one on the other, and there was a opening for people to walk because it was like so many celebrities there. Right. Okay. That they had like walkways. So, so, but they didn't have. They had a curtain. That would be on Lee Major's side, okay, and on Richard Anderson's side, so they couldn't see each other. Gotcha. Okay, but they were next to each other basically right. in a way. Like there that was sucks. there was another way. I was in line, like of course uh, Lee Major's. I love the Six Million Dollar Man. I was remember that was another sci-fi I show. I love Six Million Dollar Man. I love them even more than the Fall Guy. Yes, Fall, Fall Guy. Fucking favorite film show of all time. I went. I went to Lee Major's and. I, you know, he was selling the two sailors. Time Life actually had it first right. before they released it right to the public. Right, type right, of thing. And he, it was it was him selling. It was selling his show. Him hocking his wares. Hocking his wares, and it was that's what it was. And he had a nice young looking blonde as his wife. <laughs> like, God damn you, lucky bastard! <laughs> lucky son of a bitch! <laughs> you're really old. <laughs> you're old. And you're. Wife's at least half your age. You, that, I think she was a third of his a age. A third of his age. That's $6 million she took literally. <laughs> <laughs> I went over to, you know, I, I was looking for, I didn't know where Richard Anderson was at the time, you know, if they were there. Right. And I walked around and then, and then I looked over and go, holy crap, 
And that's Groman. That's Groman. I knew he was there, but I didn't know where he was. But then I was like, realized, I'm like, there's that wall, right? Right. He, no, nobody, nobody knew who he was. You know, kind of thing. I knew who he was. I'm, I'm like, I love Six Million Iron Man. Right. When I was a kid. Blah blah blah. You know, I spent like 20 minutes talking to the man. He was a delightful person. Uh, to look, speak to. every once in a while, you get those those good nuggets. But he was reading a magazine. That was like he was, just, was sitting, just sitting there. there. Like, like I guess he was getting I'm, paid. I'm, I'm getting paid to be here. What the fuck? All right. What's a seven word for <laughs> backstabber? <laughs> <laughs> Lee Majors. <laughs> what? What's a three-letter word for invisible? Me <laughs> with an extra e. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, I was like, I was, I actually I was like, you, you know, but Lee Majors is right there. <laughs> like, hey, I don't know if you knew it or not, but. Your guy, your best buddy in the show for six years, is right next to you. How come? What's with the wall? <laughs> what's with the curtain wall? I mean, clearly, I mean, it's probably the, you know, the flash doesn't get in your eyes, clearly, because you hear all very so- Look, there's a cricket. <laughs> We're fine. You know, tumbleweed. Who got a tumbleweed in here? So, so he goes, he's like, I'm not sure how they set it this up. They just told me this is this is my spot, and that's just why I'm here, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, and I'm like... There's a lot of action going on next to her. Yeah, don't remind me, kid. <laughs> we caught him. He, 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 now, listen, I see Alan Rickman. He, like, he's grabbing the, the, the side, the, the picture of the kid going, thunk. My grab, right, grab starts hammer. I <laughs> Just hold on. I can see if I can do See if I can get the sound. There's... <laughs> just yank out of your head. Like, can you say... Yeah, sure. He's like... <laughs> What's your name? You know, Lee Major. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> Dear Dick. <laughs> no, no, it's Ed. Whatever. <laughs> so I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, do you guys see each other? And he goes, like, no, it's a curtain, <laughs> you asshole. Why are you trying to pour salt in a wound? Fucker. Yeah, I'll sign your stupid shit. <laughs> Sorry. You could tell. You could tell there was something. He would. He would give it up. Ed, how'd you get the shiner? I got punched in the eye by an old man. <laughs> Oscar Goldman. <laughs> I got punched in the face by Oscar Goldman. Who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so basically, he's basically, he's like, yeah, we 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 lost touch or whatever. I'm like, okay, you know, thanks. Uh, you know, he's right there. He's like, hey, if you want to give me five bucks, I'll pull the curtain back. You just go, hey, what's up, Lee? You just tell me yes. I'm going to do my own. I'll just pull, pull both curtains and you can just say hello. I just pull the curtain. Hey, what's up there, dickhead? You're not going to say hi? What happened? I was at your wedding. Both of them. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Goddamn kids. <laughs> All right, so... um. <laughs> I love Harrison Ford and sometimes how he handles his fame. <laughs> I think he has turned into a curmudgeon old man. Just here it is. Um, <laughs> so we saw the rise of Skywalker. Yes. Do you think Han Solo was a force ghost? No. Okay. Well, good thing. Don't ask Harrison Ford because he doesn't, he couldn't care less. <laughs> Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I Speaking see of- that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
how to say so Han was Han was killed in the Force Awakens and for return in the Rise of Skywalker was one of the Disney blockbusters most heavily guarded secrets prior to its December release. Fam has debated whether or not Han appeared as to Kylo as a Force ghost or a projection conjured by Leia. The former would mean Han was sensitive to the Force, while the later seems more plausible as Leia passes away right after the Han Kylo reunion scene. The implication that Leia used the last of her Force powers to project Han to save her son. When USA Today recently asked Ford about Han being a Force ghost, the 77-year-old actor playfully shut down the report by saying, A Force ghost? I don't know what a Force ghost is. Don't tell anyone. I'm not talking loud enough for you, for you to free your recorder. I have no fucking idea what a Force ghost is, and I don't care. Don't tell anyone. I'm not talking loud enough for your recorder. I have no fucking idea what a Force ghost is, and I don't care. <laughs> so when, when he decided to reprise his, his role one last time, Force said... When J.J. asked me to do it, I said, are you kidding? I'm dead. He said, sort of dead. You can do this. He hadn't written anything at the time, but he said, this is going to be great. I said, okay. If J.J. asks you to do something, you probably do it too. He's a very persuasive person. It was a uh, useful addition. It was a useful addition to the story and a continued development of Adam Driver's character. And the chance was to do another scene with Adam was great. Um, then they go like an episode four hours before it was called the wild <laughs> so it's like I don't know what Force Ghost is and I don't care <laughs> just, just, uh, actually you know what now that we're talking about it apparently um, <laughs> a, a, they're making a Indy 5 yeah I yeah. keep hearing that I, apparently uh, uh, let's hurry up before he dies <laughs> well Spielberg Spielberg ain't directed it now they got yeah. a new director I heard, I heard that drop that yeah um, um, going, going back to this you, you you gotta say, like, how else do you expect Harrison Ford to be anymore? Like, you go, if he was like, hey, I love the fans, this is awesome, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, bring it on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I was a Force Ghost, or, you know, I was, you know, <laughs> it explains it in detail. You kind of be like, eh. Like, you know, him going, I don't fucking care. It was a paycheck, you know. I don't know what a Force Ghost is. I don't care. Fuck you. It was a paycheck. <laughs> J.J. Abrams asked me to do it. And I was like, aren't I dead? Yeah, kind of mostly. Is there a check involved? Yes. A big one? Well, not so big, but all right. <laughs> Give me a day's worth of your time. <laughs> You'd be in and out in like hair, makeup. By the time we finish shit, a day tops. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you don't mumble through it. We'll be okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of Spielberg. Yeah. Apparently, Steven Spielberg's daughter, Malia... Uh, Michaela explains why she's embarking on an adult entertainment career. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Wow. Um, Michaela Spiel, this is out of uh, Complex, which is, uh, I'm assuming it's an online, uh, um, this is back in February 19th. Wow. Um, apparently she wants to continue the filmmaking legacy created by her father, but instead of directing <laughs> and producing blockbuster hits, she's interested in creating self-produced porn videos. During a conversation during a conversation with the Sun that was published on Wednesday, um, um, this article was on February nineteenth, so earlier in this month, earlier in last month, um, the young Spielberg said that she submitted an application to be a sex worker in Nashville, Tennessee. 
The 23-year-old uh, Spielberg has already battled mental mental health issues and uh, alcoholism and has come to realize that she is a quote-unquote sexual creature and that creating solo porn videos make her feel satisfied. This is a quote. I got really tired of not being able to capitalize on my body, and frankly, I got really tired of being told to hate my body, she explained. And I also just got tired of working day-to-day in what, in a way that wasn't satisfying to my soul. I feel like doing this kind of work, I'm, I'm able to satisfy other people, um, but that feels good because that's not the way that makes me, in a way that doesn't make me feel, that makes me, it's not in a way that makes me feel violated. Uh, when she revealed her new career path to her father, who adopted her a, in 1996, and his wife, Kate Capshaw, the couple was reportedly intrigued by the decision, not upset. <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> intrigued. She says she wants her sex work to be, quote-unquote, consensual and safe, quote-unquote, and sees it as a way to become financially free. In an Instagram post that is no longer available to view because her account was made private, she thanked people with an outpouring of support. Thanks for the overwhelming inbox love. I've never expected a positive reaction like this. She wrote before giving out her Vimo in case anyone wants to tip her. <laughs> also, if I don't get back to you, it's because um, I rest in peace my inbox. Also, when you interact, be sure to confirm your age for my own protection, she added. <laughs> she elaborated on her desire to be financially independent in the chat with the son. I can't stay dependent on my parents or even the state for that matter. Not that there is anything wrong with that. It just doesn't feel comfortable with me, she said. Um, along with her parents, Spielberg, 47-year-old, her 47-year-old fiancé, Chuck Pankow, supports her decision. Um, <laughs> Michaela says that she won't engage in on-camera work with another person. She's also interested in creating fetish videos, making clips that show off her breasts, which she calls her money makers, and possibly <laughs> stripping. Uh, she produces these films that are under the name Sugar Star. She has clips on Pornhub, but she has them. She had them removed until her sex worker license is approved by the state of Tennessee. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, so where's everyone going to make their money? Porn. <laughs> this uh, isn't Spielberg, Lucas, <laughs> not who you think they are. Fishburn. It's a large Fishburne. Fishburne's yeah, yeah, yeah. daughter is in, in the adult industry yeah. using her real name. Spielberg, Fishburne, together in one movie. <laughs> Not those, the other ones. You know? Oh, man. You know, Spielberg directs Fishburne in May Tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Meet a girl named May. She does tricks for a living. <laughs> uh, Spielberg presents E.T., the extra testicle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Spielberg presents (laughs) Animaniacs, the porn parody. (laughs) Spielberg presents Freakazoid. (laughs) <laughs> really bring it back Freakazoid I can't wait oh oh I that was I the Freakazoid that's not what I remember that's not what I remember Johnny that's, we, that Spielberg shit <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah well thoughts Ed <laughs> I guess I guess in a way you, you have to think of it this way it's like 
when you're when you're your your parent is somebody who's that great in a way. I mean, like Spielberg. I, yeah, yeah <laughs> all right. I mean, sure. I would say, is he? If his kids going right to porn, like. But I mean, you like you want to follow in those footsteps, and you can't. You don't have that like talent. The talent. Like, yeah, I want to follow my father's footsteps. You know what I don't got? Talent. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I got? Boobs. Boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll use those. I call these my money makers. My Thelma and my Louise. <laughs> my Han and Chewy. I know it ain't best friends. I can call them it. <laughs> oh, does Spielberg have any? It's my Elliot and my E.T. There you go. <laughs> you want this one to phone home? Look, this one lights up. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty terrible. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh. Look, I, God bless her. I wish her nothing but the best. I mean, hope she becomes a big star. <laughs> I do. You know, her, Fishburn, Danny, whatever. God bless them. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, like, like. What would you know? What would you you know? What would you do if? What would I do? Yeah, if your your parent parent is a famous director or even actor, you know, like you know, I would maybe try like Max Landis is is you know a son of John Landis, John Landis, and he makes movies, legitimate ones, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm sure there's other kids in the area that. In that field, they're like, yeah, my dad used to be this person, and I'm doing well, it on my own. Well, uh, Clint Eastwood's son's an actor. Yeah. Scott Eastwood. Scott yeah. Looks a lot like his dad. Like, all right, you know what? The the Will Smith. You know, you got Jaden, and you got yeah. Willow. <laughs> Look, they're at least doing something. You know, it ain't porn. Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they do porn. I mean, if... If I was, if I was a, a famous person's kid, I don't know. I guess it depends on... How much love I get from my family, like you know, sometimes clearly, like some would say, like clearly she has a mental health issue. Yeah, I don't that's know what, the I don't, thing that's kind of like I don't I know what that issue is. It probably some sort of um, I'm going to say um, a bipolar issue, yeah. most likely. Um, who knows? But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like uh, if I didn't get you know mommy and daddy's love, maybe I would be a a Paris Hilton type, you know, right? Starlet that you know starts like crazy, wild. Woo, yeah! You can't touch me. You know who my daddy is? Wahoo! <laughs> and and then you know, and then the other part of me is just like, well, maybe I would be, you know, if if I got the love and the affection and, yeah. and the the ability to exercise any kind of creativity that I might have. Like, you know, did mommy, daddy, I'm going to try the drums. Here's a drum set. Boom, 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 boom. I'm tired. Give me the piano. Let me tell you. you know, like, if my parents were involved in my life enough to make me be, you know, to help flourish any kind of creative spark that I have. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe I'd be, you know, I'd be a, I don't want you know, I'd be a, a, a director or an actor. Like, it just depends on some people want to follow the family business. Some people don't. Right. You know, if you ask a actor when their kid wants to become an actor, they usually say you don't want to do this because it's a life of rejection. It is really like you have you hear more no's than you do yeses, so you gotta already have to have a thick skin to kind of yeah. even be in that kind of field. Let alone want to be, let's say, a director. I would say trying to be a director is probably even harder because 
you don't have anything to, you know, what can you, what, what have you done? Well, I did this in school. That's great. What can you do now? Like, it's got to be harder. Yeah. You know, at least with acting, you can at least do, you know, photo shoots and things like that. And maybe you can do an article. Well, I was saying, like, you know, watching that the direct, uh, that documentary I was talking about a few episodes, because quite a few episodes ago, it was called Melius. It's about John Melius. And he was friends with Steven <clears throat> Spielberg and George Lucas. And you go, they basically lucked out. Right. Getting into, you know, getting out of film sure. school and getting into these companies and, and doing these movies and these projects that, you know, they weren't sure if they were going to be any good or not. And, and you know, of course, they are. They're huge successes. Yeah, everyone wants to go there. But, I mean, like, like that was like a one in a million shot, really, right. you know. And this is, you don't know, like, when you do it, you know, just because, you know, my dad was Steven Spielberg doesn't mean that I'm going to get... Right, an ounce of his talent, especially if you're an adopt. That means you don't got DNA. Yeah. Or you have, you may have the, the the nurturing part of the family, but that doesn't mean you have that that DNA that that and like that spark. Yeah. You know, you anybody can be creative, you know, but can you have that that it factor? Yeah. That maybe only your DNA has in it. Right. I don't know. Who knows? But. God bless her. Right now, a bunch of our, a bunch of our listeners are like, what was her name? Ricky Spielberg? I'm going to look that up. Let's see if I can find see, her titties. See if she got a license. She's got her license. Slice it's coming to check porn off. <laughs> okay, Ed, this is my last article because this is the one that made me outraged. Oh, all right. Outraged today. Uh, yes. After 60 years, you can now draw perfect circles in an etcher sketch. You could draw a perfect circle as a sketch? Now you can. You couldn't. I mean, perfect, perfect circle, Ed. Because uh, look at this thing. Look at that. Look at that. Look at it. <laughs> it's a circle. <laughs> That's what it is. It's not a square anymore. <laughs> the iconic toy is marking, is marking its 60th anniversary this year with a new limited edition launches, but all of them, the Etch-A-Sketch, but all of them, the Etch-A-Sketch revolution was the one that had a shaking our fists at how lucky kids are today. The Etch-A-Sketch revolution is a tad smaller than your typical Etch-A-Sketch, but it does feature two signature knobs at the bottom. The main difference is that the features a spinning screen that makes drawing circles magnitudes easier. As in, all you have to do is manipulate the knobs on the spinning rim, and that's it. It's simple, but pretty neat when you consider how torturous trying to draw anything circular, rounded, or curvy on the traditional edge sketches. Bah humbug! Kids today, Ed. This is what happens when you come from a generation of participation awards. thing always bothered me about etch a sketch was you would see somebody especially i'm like i don't know how they do it they would draw like an artist rendering like of like gorgeous like, yeah like of of uh mona lisa you know like kind of thing uh-huh and you go i drew a stick guy that has an extra penis <laughs> like, yeah. or something like that because you would you would uh it was a pain in the ass to manipulate that thing and i always it drove me crazy and you shake it and you start all over again and i'm like it's hours of fun no it's hours of fucking frustration <laughs> it's I mean, but you wanted to do it because you're like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do this, and you're like, damn it! And it's like one line off, and it's like it's not like you could shake that one line to, you know, to to do it. And you're like, and then you're like, how did you make a jump from like one spot to another? Because it's like it was always a continuous line, right. like you know, no where, where which way direction you went with it. And you're like, you mother, ah, <laughs> stupid kids today. <laughs> no, I made a circle out of it. Yeah, unbelievable. 
Um, there's a few other cool Edge of Sketch editions as well. Uh, leaning on the iconic nostalgia, there's also a Monopoly edition to coincide with the game's 85th anniversary. A uh, Monopoly edition of Edge of Sketch? Yeah, go figure. I don't know. Likewise, there's also a Rubik's edition to doubly celebrate the other most infuriating childhood toy of the 40th anniversary. Uh, Spin Masters also commissioned a NASA-inspired edition that's decorated with space shuttles and a Stan Lee edition that features a cute cartoon version of the man himself along with his framed catchphrase, Excelsior. <laughs> Draw Spider-Man on that one. Fuck. As you know, because Monopoly has to put out a $500 Schwarzkowski version of its 85th um, Etch-A-Sketch is also leaning into the capitalist vibe with a diamond edition. It's gotten it's not nearly as glitzy, but it does feature two diamond inspired knobs. You're a diamond inspired knob. <laughs> um, I had to. <laughs> they all these will retail for twenty dollars except for the diamond edition, which is a bit more at thirty dollars. The Monopoly edition will hit shelves in March, while the NASA inspired edition will come in April. The Rubik's Cube the Rubrics edition May. Both Stanley and the Diamond Edition will drop in July. Oh, I'm getting oh. married in July. Maybe I can get myself a wedding gift. <laughs> the, a Stanley inspired. <laughs> here's the here's the limited edition Diamond one. It's you know. Oh, okay, yeah. it's diamond. Yeah, it's got diamonds for knobs. <laughs> it's uh, your diamond knob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. That reminds me, of, like it was like we were talking a couple weeks ago, and you were talking about count the money. <laughs> The money. I was like, it's Demonet. Yeah. Count the money. It's Demonet. I just, I'm like, ugh. Kids, they're going to make a circle. Fine. Let me just grab my edge of sketch. Wait, what? Squirrel, 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 roll, roll, roll. Look at circle. Like, they had like little things of art, like someone did, like a bullseye, like a, um, a what do you call it? A, a dartboard. Yeah. And I'm like, fuckers. You know how hard it took me to make one circle and it, it never was good? It yeah. was always kind of like, Squarish. Squarish. <laughs> I tried. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't do it's it. It's a circle. No, it's a square. No, no it's a circle. No, it's a circle oh. in my mind. <laughs> Looks like a square on paper there, son. You have no artistic qualities whatsoever. But it's on an edge of sketch. All you can do is make right turns. Right and left turns. That's it. Sharp and right da- turns. Up and down. Up left down, and right. left, right. That's 90 it. degrees. Yeah, but look at this one. This one did a little... Oh, fuckers. Like, that's when I realized I just get out of the art game. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. I, uh, all, everything. I, it's a bunch of. Uh, look, I'm at a house, sort of, because the roof is square. <laughs> I just, you know, you could you could I, do a pitch. <laughs> I tried, you know, turn them both at like the same time. Maybe I can get them on an angle. Yeah, you know, I just couldn't. I was like it was so frustrating. And you know, I'm just sh- 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 fuck you. I'll destroy you. Ah, <laughs> shake it up and down. Look what I made. I made a circle. Let me see that. That's awesome. Shake, shake, shake. Why? <laughs> Come the etch a sketch killer. <laughs> That's the thing. You would finally do some, like one great thing, and you would show somebody, and then they would shake it. Uh-huh. You go, motherfucker. <laughs> or you'd bump into something, and it'd be half gone. You're like, son of a bitch. No, I spent all day on that car. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And then I bumped in this. I stubbed my toe on the coffee table, and half of it's gone because I tripped. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Uh, so angry. It's not like you could take. That's it like why a... it was red because you were in hell. <laughs> it's like, like today you could take a picture of it like real no. quick. 
like you didn't you didn't have a camera you know it wasn't like you know it was back in the 80s like polaroid and that film on like and eight you, and pictures could, and the worst part about it is you had to hold it flat like a pizza because the moment you went to go oh my god and you picked it up and like you picked it up it would all the, the angle all the sand would come up and, and you're and, like son of a bitch <laughs> shit you're, you're holding all of a sudden two fuck <laughs> <laughs> you're so mad <laughs> God damn it, you kids today don't know what it's like. <laughs> I saw it and I was so angry. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> really? Now, after 60 years, 60 years, they decided to go, fuck it, let's make circles. S- sales are dropping. <laughs> what do we do? Rick! Sir, I got one word. What is it? Circles. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking genius. That's brilliant. How are we gonna do it? No, no. How are we gonna make it with squares? No, no. It's not, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna make squares. We're gonna make it into a circle, too. Brad, this is the reason why they pay you the big money. <laughs> You're gonna, we're gonna turn this. Through. Like, look, the guys that we've been R and D in this for like at least a year. You know, it's back when we when we when we turned we've been doing 50, this for a decade. We know when we turned fifty, someone joked, you know, what they still can't do make a circle, and that gave me the idea. Of, Fuck them. Sixtieth anniversary, we're gonna perfect the circle, and this is what we got there, Bob. Wow, Chad, you're brilliant. <laughs> I thought that was Brad. Brad. <laughs> Who cares? It's Chad and Brad. Doesn't matter. They all look the same. Yeah. You know, we call it middle, we call it 20 something year old white boys with, you know, like <laughs> shaggy hair and they're always flipping their bangs. Sarah, we finally decided the way to come, you know, the, <laughs> why do we have to have multiple extra sketches? And all of a sudden, the middle aged guy with balding hair punches him in the face <laughs> and says, Phil, we're going to make circles. <laughs> what? You heard me? Circles. We're making circles this year. Well, we have the Rubik's Cube one. Yeah, yeah. You know what the problem is? They're all square. <laughs> this time we're coming out with circles. I worked on it, and then my house comes in. It's all kind of looks like Doc Brown now. His hair's all like, I did it. I made a circle with an edge of sketch. Look at this. Comes in, trips over the table, disappears. <laughs> He's like, see, <laughs> the problem is he did it for the 55th anniversary. Took him another five years to actually make the circle. So that's why it's for the 60th. <laughs> I did it! I did it! <laughs> Son of a bitch! No! It took me five years. It took me five years. We, you know, we fired him two years ago, and he's still at it. You know, he's been he's been living in the basement of the building, using to show himself. That's God. You, you made a circle out of an edge sketch, Doc. <laughs> I did it. I did it, Marty. <laughs> made a circle. I went back in time. <laughs> Gee, Doc, you did it. <laughs> you made an edge. You made a circle out of an edge sketch. That's brilliant. Never would have thought about it. <laughs> oh, gee, Morty. Oh, gee, Rick. <laughs> Morty, I made a circle out of an edge sketch. Oh, geez, Rick. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Click! <laughs> I just got it, boy. Rick and Morty are talk. That makes so sense. <laughs> you just realized that Rick and Morty are now Doc and Marty, yes. uh, <laughs> and that's the episode for the night show. <laughs> and that on that epiphany, we thank you for listening. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters Radio, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. 
Uh, if you want to contact Ed on anything you want to see or hear or want our comment about, contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Or you can contact Sean at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. Excelsior! Terrible. It was bad. It was awful. Oh, Get him away. Hey, boo! boo.